curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. Joe Douglas from Orbitz joins us today, coming up on six years in the promotional products industry. He's a joy to listen to. I think you really enjoy it. Give it a listen. So what's up, man? So thanks for joining me today. Uh, This is a first. Like We must document this. Joe and I, this is literally our first person-to-person connection conversation is happening pretty much live as we lay it out here. And it comes at the recommendation of uh, another member of the industry, which Joe and I both respect and admire, Tiffany Tower from Distributor Central. A big thread in our series is having discussions with folks who are a little bit earlier in their sales career to get your perspective on kind of the landscape as it stands today and, and your perspective on kind of what you see both from your own career in its, in its evolution and development, but also your participation in this crazy mixed up supply chain that we call the promotional product. <laughs> How did you find yourself into this wacky business in the first place? It's kind of a long story, but it's kind of a cool one. Uh, I moved over to the US from the UK. Uh, I lived in Worcestershire, England up until 2013. Um, did all my, you know, my schooling, college out there. Um, and my dad moved out here in 2000. Uh, as like a stepping bridge from our sister company, uh, and essentially we we went into the into the trade show and display industry. There. And I moved over after much pestering for many many years after my dad to move to the US. I, I moved out 2013. I, I actually started off the, the building displays and banners and display systems in in the Orbis warehouse because I was still waiting on my social security to come through, and he would just be paying me himself he'd just be right. giving me cash out of his own wallet i am very grateful for him he, he gave me my launching pad really he put me in at the ground level of sales business development he put me under the wing of one of my very best friends now his name's damon garcia shout out to him he's the head of our business development uh, program at august probably one of the best in-person sales people i've ever met and he showed me what i should be doing and i kind of emulated him a little bit but really in promo one of the people pulling and dragging Orbis to get into the promo industry. And we really joined in about 2014 was when Orbis uh, joined the promo industry. 
Uh, and if anybody knows about us already, if you came from a display background or signage, you should know us. We're pretty well known, but in promo, we're still making a name for ourselves in right. there. But we, we hopped in and I've been going to basically all the promo shows since 2014 that all this goes to five years on the road hardened by the trade show circuit hardened, not, yeah not certain of the town that you are in when you wake up in the morning for fear of it's been so long since you've seen your own bag <laughs> where am i today nobody knows we're working for the known entity in the unknown space has yeah, a right. lot of its own unique challenges so speak a little bit about that transition and, and what's required from you personally sure. and organizationally in order for people to sort of make that journey with you to understand what Orbis is. Absolutely. Uh, well, promo is its whole, it's a whole different um, way of life than, than trade show. So we were in the trade show industry for so long, but promo itself is, so we were already working with a lot of big promo brands, but didn't really know that they were in their own industry on their own, doing their own thing. And then I, I met, some contacts and they were like, yeah, we're part of this organization. The promo industry There's all these big trade shows to go to and ASI and PPAI and all these other shows. And so we looked into it and we, we, we jumped into it and we didn't realize what we'd done really. And it's just been a, we didn't realize the can of worms we've opened up. And uh, ever since then, we've just been finding all these different ways to work with these amazing, awesome brands that just do everything from displays all the way through to doctor's apparel, apparel, backpacks, everything that you can even imagine is in our industry, everything. And it displays its own little section. And so what we've had to do is figure out who we're competing against, where we sit in the market and how we can, why our trade show background has allowed us to excel in this over the last five years. And, and we're growing rapidly in this industry. But really, it's been fitting in. It's been all of us having to mold with the industry. So there's some practices and some ways that um, orders are submitted and there's ways that we work with the different customer service reps with different brands. And it's all about training internally our staff on how the promo industry has been doing it, using the right lingo and using the right methods to make it as simple as they're used to. If you can't make it the same, if not better than who they're getting it from, then there's, there's really no point in them getting anything from you at all. It's all about making it easy and making people like you. All I can all I can speak to in what I do is I go out to trade shows and I give sales talks and presentations. I just try and make people like me and like the brand and leave a memorable impression. It's somewhat ironic that the trade show booth company is now the trade show booth participant. I know. Needing to stand aside a competitor in yep. a similar scenario and communicate your value proposition in a way that allows you to stand out in comparison to the other choices in the marketplace. Sounds pretty much like our Absolutely. entire industry. <laughs> it's, it's the same. Everybody has the same struggles in their relative fields, I guess. It's all, there's all love. There's enough cake for everybody in there. Everybody can get a slice. It's just we're, we're trying to get our slice. From a sales perspective, though, I think when someone comes to the realization of a specific skill that you as a salesperson have that sets you apart, right? Yeah. And and that's a journey that each salesperson, regardless really of what they're selling or whom they're selling it for, that's a journey of their own creation in a lot of ways. So absolutely, uh, how has that revealed itself to you over time? And kind of where do you feel like you're at in that part of what's going on in your career development? I remember when I moved, when I moved over to the U.S., 
Uh, and my dad sat me down in his office for me and he was talking about what I wanted to do because he wanted me to work for Orbis and I, I wanted to work for Orbis. I initially wanted to be in design. I wanted to be in uh, designing, designing the booths themselves because uh, I, I have a design background. I went to college and I did architecture over there and so I have a visual mind for design. But my dad sat me down and he says, I think you'd be better in sales. And I was like, why? And I'd already come. I used to sell cars in the UK. I was a sleazy secondhand car salesman. <laughs> I'm just joking. Now, he was, he was sitting me down. He was telling me that I, he was calling me, a, he said I'm a social chameleon. And he said, I can put you in a room with blue collar people, white collar people, millionaires, poor people, whatever it is. He's like, you can sit and talk to people and, and make relationships happen in any room. And he's just like, you're a salesperson. I'm going to put, I would like to put you in sales. So he dropped me in. I'm making phone call sales. I was cold calling sign companies and display companies for the first three years, essentially, and attending a few trade shows, cutting my teeth, just getting, developing my sales skills. You know, that's how you really learn, you know, how people work. In-person sales is completely different, which I do now. But uh, as I said before, Damon Garcia showed me what I was doing. He showed me how to talk to people on the phone and adapt when people say one thing and how you can continue a conversation. My retail background and my car sales background has definitely helped me, um, my in-person when I'm on the trade show floor. So I would say if I was to boil it down to a special skill, I'd say I got the gift of the gab. I'm a talker. I like to meet people. I like to chat with people. I like to make memories happen and make people memorize me. Like that's the British guy from August. I think the accent helps me. <laughs> Organizationally, there's opportunities for your business to present elements of the value proposition that that fold into how you present both yourself and your organization. But I mean, you sure. do have a little bit of a leg up with the accent, and I mean, I do. you will be more memorable in that way by virtue of it. So it's kind of like being a left-handed yes. bowler. Congratulations, you have. That's right. Talk about at your age. Is that are you cognizant of the fact that at this stage of sales development, the need for that personal brand, in addition to what the company is doing or to, to you, is that still more, yeah. more hype than reality? It really, it was early last year when I started making relationships in the promo industry. And it was just after then that I realized I do have to develop myself. It's me, a memorable person. Yes. It's all, it's all but on the back end. But I need to make myself memorable in order to, you know, make the relationships that I need to make, do what I need to do, which is essentially just entertaining or cloud freezing on the booth and, and product knowledge is essential too. But it was last year and I and I said to myself, I was like, oh man, I just need to be at every show possible. I need to be at every meeting and every after hours event, meeting and greeting and seeing everybody and you, you hit the nail on the head, really. It is a personal brand that I'm developed. Very grateful of you having me on your podcast as well, helping me out with that too. But it has been developing myself into just being more a more rounded person. Because you probably know as well as I do, when you come back from these, you do the trade show for eight hours in the day, and then you might go to dinner with clients, and then you might you might go out afterwards and do the mingling and all the... It sounds fun on paper, but it's exhausting. It's and exhausting. I call it my like my mask. I like put my mask on. This like different person, and I got to go out and I got to be jovial and, and happy and excited all the time. And it's it, it it's super fun and it's good time. And I'm meeting all these incredible people, uh, putting me in contact with incredible people, and um, making relationships for myself, making relationships for others. But it's exhausting, and you got to have a lot of stamina to do it. 
There's a price. There's absolutely a price. There's a price to pay. For those of us who've been at this for a little bit longer than those of you who've been at this, you'll, you, you can watch. And it's, I don't know where the Mendoza line is, if it's an age, if it's a total number of hours spent doing what you described. But like you just get to the point where you're like, I just don't have it in me like that anymore. And now what that's done that I think is really interesting in our space is that many people are trying to figure out other ways to connect that aren't yeah. that, that grind that you're talking about. So like when we go for a hike in Vegas, the beauty yeah. of, of, of our evolution as a group to me is evidenced in those things that have started to happen that don't require us all to be up till 2 a.m. in the bar next day, you know? But not that there's not a place for that, but I just don't, I think it doesn't have to be the only thing. It doesn't have to be. You know, and if this is any consolation, Joe, I was talking to Paul Ballantone himself, who yeah. told me that he specifically got his MBA while he was on the road because it would force him to go back to the hotel room and not be in the bar all night. Smart play. Right. So Smart play. I almost, I almost feel like I'm forced into being going to the bar every night. And- well, what you're saying, you know, is like you feel like that, that this is the tax that you have to pay right now in this stage of what you're doing. And, and that is the trusted and tried and true route towards relationship building in our, in our space. So uh, until somebody comes up with a better way to do it, that's still the way that you got to get most of it done. And then it's just, can you, it can you augment and supplement and turn yourself into the guy that, oh, no, we go ziplining and people who like adventure come hang out with me. I'm, I'm trying to organize some ziplining. You let me know if you find a good one. The bar is, is one thing and doing all that and meeting people, but someone needs to have like a spa relaxation or something yes. or something that's a little less taxing on the body, you know? <laughs> right. I'm fine with a round of golf. That, that, that suits me down to the ground. I'm a big golfer, but, you know, the bar sometimes gets a little weary, you know, four or five days into Las Vegas show and Ugh. you don't really want to be sat at the bar anymore. No. No. I, a nice lounge or something would be nice. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So I'm, I'm interested, you know, our, our industry is so littered with small business people. Yeah. Oftentimes the challenge in doing business with small business people is in access and accessibility and ability of the per- that small business person to to give you what is really their most precious resource which is their time. So yeah. as your career continues to evolve and grow, have you figured out like you you enjoy strategic like enterprise sales? Are you more of a like I like a lot of transactions so I need to be involved in a lot of activity? Like are you starting to feel like you're getting a sense of where you're most gratified of all the different ways that you can sell. I don't do a lot of uh, any more uh, of what's called the sales. Like when, when you're actually placing the orders and stuff, right. I mean, we have an absolutely massive team back, uh, back in our main facility who handle the sales. I don't necessarily do the ground zero sales, but what I do is I, in attending these events, I, I, I'm letting every person I know from, from a small business to a massive, you know, enterprise with 500 locations or 500 reps across the U.S. or whatever it may be, I want to give all, I want to give all of them personal service. At the moment, I'm not too busy to give everyone personal service at the moment, and I want them all. If they have a problem, or if it's Sunday night at 10 o'clock and they need to talk to someone about a display, my cell phone's on the card. I want them to call me. I want to talk about these displays at any given time. I have a I have an issue shutting off. And I can't really shut off work. I just love it. 
And I want people calling me and asking me, and I want them to help. So at some point, I'm going to get so inundated that I might not be able to help everybody. But And what I do is I take that pers- that help, and then I help them as much as I can, and I filter it back to myself. Right. So just, we can be the most effective um, in responding. We want to be the most, I don't want to say organized, but the most responsive sales team in the display industry. We give a personal rep to everyone that we work with. So... I'm working with a client. I'm telling him he can call me, email me, and I'll help him out. And then when that's done, I am then handing it over personally to our sales rep on a silver platter. And I'm saying, this is what we need to do to help this person do this. If you have a problem, let me know. I'll I'll jump in and help. So it's real relational, which I think what's being bought from your line lends itself, I think, to a little bit more personal interaction. It does. It's a little bit more complex. Just when you get into... Banners and table throws and regular walls, that's all. There's no, they're no harder than selling apparel and backpacks and mugs and all the rest of the stuff. That's easy. But once you get into these large exhibits or booths and stuff when there's some real planning involved and it can take months depending on the size of the project and, and your budget and where it's going to go. And there's a lot of planning involved and it does, it's not like ordering from online and just expecting it to show up at your door perfect some sometimes there's a, there's a lot of handholding that needs to go on and I'm, right. I'm all about the handholding and really if you think about displays that's the experience of the event as much as anything it's an extension in, of your business yeah so um, in, in the category it requires a little bit what's the right word expertise of the salesperson to have an understanding of that it's not just a six-foot table throw and a pop-up no you know it's it's not that no. so you could literally just specialize in trade show setup and booth design and layout and lead generation strategies all within trade show. Like there's so much to be done there yep. if you want to. It's just whether or it's not so much. people make that choice to want to be seen that way. So six years in, you, you've yep. done this for a while now. You Obviously, there's people within the organization that don't share your last name that have been very helpful and instrumental in your career. Um, to get yeah. you where you want. And it's, I, I love always hearing that the role of a mentor, some way, shape or form has, yeah. has played a role in your success. That's, it's a constant theme in these discussions about the notion of it being important to seek out a mentor really at, at any so. stage of your career, but especially at this stage for folks under 30 to feel confident that they have the opportunity to say the truth about how they feel about things to someone who's been around the block a few times can be really, really valuable. I'm glad Absolutely. You- um, but having said that, though, you know, this is a wacky industry. So what's been one of like, what's been what have been some of the surprises around like doing business in promo that have caught you off guard a little bit? It's, it's not necessarily been about the business in, in, in general in promo. It's just some of the pr- performer for one. Um, just uh, those guys uh, uh, just look after themse- themselves internally so well. And they get so excited about working with their new ones and bringing them up and they have all these new initiatives and schemes to bring up the youth in Performa, which, uh, and not just in Performa, but in the industry, bringing up the youth, I think is very, very exciting. I think there's a lot of people my age and floating around my age and younger than me and just a little bit older than me that are really moving and shaking and and making some serious decisions and making real big names for themselves in the promo industry. I'm thankful for these organizations because it's watching, going to these events, like I'm I'm going to a performer event next week in California, going to those events and seeing the love internally and that it just, I take that back to my company and I tell people in my company, this is what we need to be doing. And, 
and showing love to our internal staff in this way and following their, their lead by example. It's so obvious to me, like what you're talking about is culture and the, yeah. and the fact that you're drawn to a culture of performance where people are yes. support, supporting one another in their individual quests for success. I love it. It's such a reflection of your generation. The Thank notion you. of yeah. like, I want to go where I know that the girl I interviewed last week, she told me, she said, where I work is like working for the Patriot. And yeah. I, I love the idea of I work for a place that I know is successful, that cares about my performance and holds me yep. accountable. And yep. the idea of the fact that culture really is at the root of what you're describing when you're saying you're attracted to what you see just speaks volumes about the fact that like when you see it you're drawn to it and you're even saying to your own business like i want us to adopt a culture like this because i know that's how successful businesses run absolutely like i went i go to these events it's it's like being in a sporting event and you're like you're like i'm like hyped up i'm like go perform and i was like i want to bring that back and i'm like all this we should do some sort of awards or something i mean we do we do some awesome sales things for our our top sellers and everything and and our top sales teams and everything but i just thought that was so cool and the culture is exactly the right word for it and I loved it. I can't think of a better way to to close things out than to leave it at description that you've made of the correlation between culture, success, and it being attractive to you uh, at that stage of, yeah. your, of your growth. That's that's really it in of itself, man. So I, I'm I can't wait to come meet you out on the road myself, man. We having we got now we got to go horseback riding or or zip lining. Oh. <laughs> Now, we got to do an event that's not a bar. That's what we have to do. There you go. All right. Well, I appreciate you. I'm, I'm super looking forward to meeting you, Roger. I really am. So there you have it. Yet another discussion with a member of our industry under 30 years old. And yet the common themes that run through each of those discussions are just so distinct. Having a mentor, being part of a culture that you feel confident that will contribute to your individual success, but also inspire you towards something greater than that which you are trying to accomplish for yourself. Plus, mix in a healthy dose of repetition and an unwavering desire to be successful, and you have the recipe for success. Really enjoyed a lot of what Joe had to say, and I really mean what I say when I look forward to catching him out on the road and getting a glimpse of him in action using that quote, gift of gab that he said that he has really great time please as we discussed like and share the podcast for your friends keep us in your reviews so that we can continue to build the momentum and i look forward to your next episode